Hi everyone and welcome to the show. Thanks for tuning in to You Have a Cool Job, episode number 39. From Peterson's, I'm your host, Taylor Sienkiewicz, and you're listening to a podcast highlighting those who took their profession in a unique direction and what they did to get there. On this week's episode of You Have a Cool Job, our podcast guest works with computer hacking. But don't worry, he isn't the bad guy. Mike Harris is a consultant who finds weaknesses in a company by attempting to hack the system as a hacker would. In other words, he's an ethical hacker. But Mike's job title is fluid, as he explains that he is a sort of jack of all trades when it comes to the computer security field. As of more recent, I think it's just easier going with consultant because okay. um, it, it opens up the field a lot more. Mm-hmm. Um, if I come in saying I'm a security consultant, all they're going to expect is a vulnerability scan or a pen test. Mm-hmm. Um, saying I'm a, a consultant and I have experiences in the following areas, like I have a lot of Red Hat, a lot of Linux experience, a lot of backend server experience. So um, just coming in as a consultant yeah. usually works a whole lot better. Okay. Makes sense. Well, cybersecurity has gotten a lot of media attention lately. Yeah, right. <laughs> so where did you start your journey in this field and how has it changed since you got into all of this? Yeah, great question. Um, it was in Las Vegas, I'd say, I'd say officially about 10 or 15 years ago in Las Vegas. Um, I was working as a network admin for just a small company. They make just random hardware for random things. Um, and I went to a Linux user group, a lug. Um, so I don't know if you know what a lug is, but they're kind of little meetings, little get togethers of uh, Linux users and it, they can talk to other people. But I met a good, I met what ended up being a really good friend at one of these and he's like, hey, come work with me. I'm like, okay, where are you at? He's like, oh, I'm in the Department of Energy. I'm like, oh, cool, cool. Can I get a lower energy bill or something? I mean, what, what, what's the, my advantage for Department of Energy, right? He's like, no, no, not quite like that. We control the nukes. I'm like, oh, okay. So, um, ended up going, get my Q clearance, which is a security clearance on the Department of Energy. It's equivalent to the top secret clearance with DOD. Um, and yeah, I, I just kind of started uh, secu- doing security administration stuff, started working on projects um, for various engineers and various project managers to build up what we were doing. We were monitoring uh, various DOE sites for security risks, and so we were just building up the program for that. Yeah. Okay. Um, so that, that that was my first step mm-hmm. um, truly into security. So there had been just some fun stuff at home, but nothing nothing too serious until I got into the Department of Energy. Of course, I had to ask Mike what it means to get top government security clearance. It, it, it's different. So it, it varies based upon president and right. current status of things and everything. So um, for me, it was a matter of uh, you write down your entire history your 10-year history um, and that's like neighbors you had 10 years ago oh, wow. neighbors friends um, just about everything's in there and it's on a form called the SF86 um, so it's filling out that form and then they go around and interview various people you list in that document so that's all fine and good dandy until that database gets breached like it did three years ago with the OPM data breach so 
my SF86 information is out there, you know, you know, I, I'm not saying freely available, but it's out there, uh, whoever's got it. And I've had the credit monitoring from government provided credit monitoring for several years now and everybody in my family. So as I said, it's 10 years. So it's family members, it's next door neighbors you had 10 years ago. It's friends, you got a list of friend and a neighbor and everything for the past 10 years. So it's so much information. Yeah. And it's just all gone. It's all, it's all very out there. personal information. Yeah, it's all, and it's all out there now. Mm -hmm. That's scary. Mm -hmm. When I was doing some research on Mike's career before talking with him, it stuck out to me the plethora of different industries he's worked in. From work with the government, to the automobile industry, to the medical industry, Mike seems to have done it all. I asked why he chose to cast such a large net in his career. To be honest, it doesn't matter. There, <laughs> everybody needs computer security. You know, any any of these places are becoming they they have a central foundation of computers, and so everybody needs to secure it. Yeah. Um, so. Uh, you know, some people can specialize, like, you know, there's guys out there that are HIPAA specialists, so they'll go work for the healthcare companies. And then there's guys out there that might be uh, specialists with, uh, like, energy stuff, uh, like they, they have special systems. Um, so there's people involved with that. And there's there's interesting people that get involved with different certain pieces all along. Yeah. I was always kind of a generalist, okay. um, for better or worse, you know, some, you know, it, what, whatever you pick up in uh, the breadth, you lose in depth. Mm -hmm. So hopefully I'm not having lost too much depth, but I think I've got a pretty wide breadth of uh, experience with yeah. everything I've done. We'll get back to Mike's story right after this. Are you searching for the right college, grad school, or trade school to fit your needs? Or are you studying for those entrance exams you need a good score on? Peterson's has you covered. With advanced college and scholarship search functions, test prep for everything from the SAT to the MCAT to the firefighter exams, and tons of free resources on our blog, Peterson's helps you find, get in, and pay for school, plus much more. Visit petersons.com today. And now, back to the show. As I mentioned earlier in the episode, issues in cybersecurity have come up a lot in recent years. I asked Mike if his job has changed at all due to this. It's changed uh, from the aspect like, say the CEO now sees stuff that he wouldn't normally see, like something you know a CIO might normally in involve himself in. But if, if these big events and are big and public and you see stuff about you know the latest SSL vulnerability on CNN mm -hmm. then the CEO is going to hear about it and then he's going to go to the CIO and the CIO is going to come down and be like hey what are we doing about this latest SSL vulnerability or what are we doing about this next thing mm -hmm. and so it's pretty interesting it, it it gives you more visibility I'll say that for sure yeah. um, so, so supposedly there's a huge cybersecurity shortage but <laughs> at the same time there's companies not even looking at me because I right. haven't had anything on my resume that looks as cybersecurity to them in the past three years. Um, it's, it's all very interesting. Yeah. So um, I, I, I think what uh, is also a factor is where you live. Mm -hmm. um, so I think most of the jobs are going to be kind of around larger 
larger areas. So Denver's, Colorado Springs is large enough. But I think I think it's going to be you know kind of a city based thing that's going to be important for people. I had an image of Mike hunched over a computer pretending to be a double agent when he works, but thought I should get the real story. I asked Mike what his job looks like when he goes to meet with a client and delivers his product. It's kind of interesting and you come up with these uh, rules of engagement and you do that before um, you begin the actual engagement with the customer. So you, you make sure you have a clear outline of what you can attack, what you can't attack, what's off limits and what you can do, what you can't do. So that may include you know, stuff as far as the physical aspect. It may be sneaking their data center. It may be um, finding employees on uh, LinkedIn and just emailing them and chatting with them. So it's important to get a good a scope to fight, figure out what you're going to go after. So it all every investigation or every um, contract usually begins with that. So a lot of times I suggest, you know, um, open source intelligence, which is a big thing. So that's looking up people on Google. That's looking up the company information. It's looking up building plans. It's looking up anything you can about the company online. So it may be contacting people, um, you know, that, that may be slightly more than intelligence, but it could be a whole lot of things. It's really fun and you don't even have to have conversations with the company at this time. It's, it's just working the outside angle and generally, you know, you can start two to four weeks out and begin with the open source intelligence and you don't have to be on site for it. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you started your own company a few years ago, right? I did. Yeah. I did. So, and that's, you know, I, I wish I'd done a lot more with it. I wish I could say, you know, as my sole, you know, my sole source of income and everything. Um, I've got it there just so I can do different things with it. Um, yeah. You know, for any work that comes in, it allows me to, you know, have people write checks to the company. It gives me a little bit of legitimacy it gives me I got insurance with the company and it, it, so it, it all works out um, but yeah it's not my sole source of income yet so right there's there's people that put in the legwork that put in the networking work mm-hmm. and then there's people like me that can't or don't or have anxieties about people so you know uh, one of those things of not being an extrovert but being an introvert it's mm-hmm. really hard to network with people yeah just put yourself out yeah. there yeah so what is your main source of income uh, my main source of income is I'm working as a consultant with a senior consultant with Red Hat mm-hmm. who just got purchased uh, a day or two ago by IBM. Okay, great. <laughs> so how much time do you spend working? Do you work there full time? Yeah. Okay. Yep. How much time do you spend working there then versus working on your own company? Yeah. So, you know, again, I wish I could say I put a lot of time in my company, but it, it ends up being about five hours a week. I mm-hmm. usually spend on my company unless, unless something big comes in, but yeah. usually five hours or less. Um, and that's just the way my life goes. Right. I'd say that's fair. <laughs> yeah. Um, but then after working for a bunch of different fields like you did or in a bunch of different companies, what was it like to be able to have your own thing, to have it there alongside? Yeah, no, it's awesome. Um, and it puts a lot of stuff into perspective for you. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, as an employee at times, you may be like, why did my boss ever choose this contract? Or, mm-hmm. you know, why are we doing this? This is yeah. awful decision. And, and you, at times you may question, you know, management above you. So going into your own 
step your own business, you could see, oh, maybe that's why he did it. Maybe maybe they just needed a good source of income, and you know this this source of business was a steady stream, and you know it just worked out, and maybe that's why they accepted it. You know, you, you put yourself in a lot of different scenarios that you get a little more perspective on. Yeah. Definitely. Um, so, Mike, what excites you about your job? Everything. I, you know, like I'm a computer nerd. Um, people ask me what I do for fun. I'm like, oh, I don't know, uh, computer stuff. <laughs> so, I, I spend a lot of time with my family. I do goofy stuff with my family. I went swimming today. I went biking yesterday. So, it, outside of my family, I'm I'm a computer nerd, and it's doing random things at home, random projects right now. I'm working on some hardware projects. I've got a project where I'm building a power supply out of hardware pieces. I've got several computer projects. I'm upgrading my home networking gear. I'm doing 20 things at once and nothing's getting completed. Because Mike is passionate about computers and computer security, he teaches classes on these topics. He actually gave one just last week. I give a class on, it's called remediations and penetration. So I kind of give a blue team aspect, which are the defenders. Mm -hmm. And then I give a red team aspect, which are the attackers. Mm -hmm. So I kind of break it up. I've worked in both areas. I live, you know, I, as I said, I'm kind of cross domain in my training and so forth. So I've got experience in both areas and I was able to, to talk about those and kind of aim the class in the direction they wanted to go and talk about the different things they wanted to talk about and kind of get them started down the right path. Yeah. What inspired you to start teaching other people about computers and software? So that's a great question. I I think I never had really any inspiration. Um, And it's not like blaming my family or anybody. Um, I moved around a fair amount when I was a kid, so I never had a really set of solid friends. Um, So in high school, you know, around 15 or 16, I... My mom got a new computer and I started playing around with like Linux and different stuff. And so popping a disc in, Mm -hmm. um, I don't know, I'm I'm just deep down a nerd. Despite his self-proclaimed nerd status, Mike has a unique educational path that is more fueled by his interests than linear in the education system. I got my uh, associate's degree in... Uh, it's actually just business management, just okay. just because it was just the school I was going to for my associate's degree. And I haven't got my bachelor's degree yet, but I'm into enough school that they should yeah. get an honorable doctoral for the <laughs> amount of hours I have in the multiple different areas. Right. Because it's one of those things that it took me a while to decide. So first entering school, I was in criminal justice. I'm like, oh, this isn't for me. Then went engineering and decided I didn't like the math as much. Mm-hmm. Then computer science and I was like, oh, there's still math here. So I started going like the information systems and the business management route. Okay. And that's kind of where I ended up. And so I'm not like the really strong programmer type. There's, that's the thing in different areas. There's so many different types of people. So you can't just say, you know, oh, uh, you're a computer hacker or you're, you're a security analyst or you're a security engineer. Like there's very specific roles that people are good at. So there might be um, vulnerability testers that are excellent at web app testing. There might be vulnerability testers that are just flat out network guys that go after the network systems. There might be computer systems guys and the list just goes on. Yeah. And it's just so crazy the number of areas so you might be like well I'm not going into computer security I've been doing storage all my life there's an area for that Mm -hmm. so if you're interested all you have to do is take a step over and you can get involved with security okay 
Um, and, and as I said, I, I used to love YouTube and, yeah. you know, they, they implemented their new policy, but, um, you know, DEF CON's coming up in August, you know, it's kind of the, kind of the global hacker meetup. It's in Las Vegas every year. So that's coming up in August. I believe it's August 8th, but double check the website, defcon.org. Yeah. Um, but that, that's kind of the global meetup for hackers. So that's coming up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, it sounds like what you do is a lot more about experience and just being able to work with it on your own time because you enjoy doing it. So, what? How would you advise somebody to get into your field? Yeah, and that's that's hard. So, mm-hmm. I I went the roundabout way, and now I've like done a loop and a curly cue and a <laughs> question mark. I've done all kinds of stuff. So I went about all the wrong way. Um, so I definitely recommend studying in school. Mm-hmm. There's plenty of stuff kids can do in school. So each year I take part in a in the Rocky Mountain. Collegiate Cyber Defense. Oh, I'm I'm misquoting its name. It, it's RMCCDC, mm-hmm. um, but it, it's a setup for uh, colleges to come in, and we act as the hackers. They act as the defenders, and they have to defend the network from us. And so there, you can come in and volunteer. You can be a red teamer. That means you can come in and tag. You can be a white teamer, and that's you give general information to the teams. You can be on the gold team, which is a scoring element of it. Yeah. You can come in and do anything. So college level, get involved with the CCDC, and there it's all across the United States. There's It's split up regionally, but your university can get involved with that. So that's definitely one area, you know, pre, you know, pre-graduation you can get involved with, for sure. Um, meet up, there's all kinds of local groups. Um, I really appreciate the OWASP group, the uh, Open Web Application Standard. I, there's a long phrase for that one too so there's an OWASP group they have either a monthly or bi-monthly meetup there's various hacking groups you can look up on meetup that might have interesting stuff Um, in the Denver area um that there's there's a hacker space downtown. There's all kinds of stuff you can do and get involved with. And there's a lot of hackers from Denver and you know a lot of people in the area that are kind of good to know as well. Mm-hmm. So. so it sounds like it's a lot of a social thing. You know, like with having meetups and you know, like making it a team of like red team, blue team. <laughs> it is. That that's yeah. a great point. So maybe maybe that's a computer nerds or the introvert speaking as an introvert. Yeah. Maybe that's our way of. Uh, uh, getting out of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's us escaping it, is my guess. Right. That's so, through our meetups and through, well, and the other part is everybody else is like us. So, you know, you walk in, you're going to be in a group of, you know, potentially 35 introverts, maybe. Mm-hmm. But yeah. regardless, if you're an introvert, if you're an extrovert, there's always going to be somebody cool, somebody to meet, you know, somebody to talk to. Mike is part of not only a career field, but a type of subculture. We hope you're inspired by Mike's story to find people to connect with on your passions, too. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you soon. Okay.